Good morning again. Nice to be with you. We've been traveling. We've been to the Fort Worth Mission two weeks branch two weeks ago. And uh, last week we were in San Carlos, and next week we'll be in Pine Top. So we're making the, Sharon asked me, is this your uh, swan song as regent president? And I said, no, I have 10 more months. The swan song <laughs> doesn't start for six more months. So it's nice to visit the church. Um, every branch has a personality. Um, and, and I have to tell you, and I say this very, very humbly, when I visit other branches, I have people come up to me and say, oh, I want to come visit Mesa. I watch your podcast, and I see how the Lord's blessing you. And, uh, and for that, I say thank God. Mother's Day is an easy sermon day for any minister. So if I mess this up, it'll be my fault. <laughs> because so many of us, as Brother Tim pointed out, had a mother, all of us had a mother. But I don't want to put aside the fact that some individuals, you've heard Brother Pete talk about his mother, Sister Patty, uh, given up into an orphanage when she was young. I know Sister Inge struggles with some of, of her past with her mother. But many of us were blessed with mothers who um, first introduced everything to us, from um, Mother's Oats, to the gospel restored. And I recall that as a young child, um, there were four of us, I was number three, and we literally, my, my wife says, your family had babies every nine months on payday because we were like, <laughs> we were like nine months and two months, nine, maybe 12 months apart, four boys. And they were known as Tommy, Jimmy, Kenny, Tony. That's how my mother called us, Tommy, Jimmy, Kenny, Tony. And I remember, I think I was eight years old, and my mother on a Tuesday night said, okay, boys, get ready, we're going to Lady Circle. And we'd go to Lady Circle every week. And that week in Lady Circle, they decided to testify. And I remember that something happened that I had never experienced. And that was that my heart began pumping like I had never experienced. What I realized later in life was that what had happened was that I had, for the first time, felt the Spirit of God in Lady Circle, thanks to my mother, who is known through the whole church by her nickname, which is Suds. Her name is Elizabeth, but her aunt came from Italy when my mother was young, and she was named after her aunt, whose name was Elizabeth, and she'd call her not Elizabeth, but Sabet, and then Sub and then sucks. So she just kept shortening it until she got it easy. If you are like me, your earliest memories of your mother are not about anything spiritual. My earliest memory was I'm on the couch, just had my tonsils pulled out, and my mother's weeping. And I said, Mom, what's wrong? And she said, our president was just shocked. President Kennedy. That's my earliest memory of my mom. I wish it was happier, but it, it is my earliest memory of her. And I said, and I started crying because I was young. And she said, it's going to be okay. God's got this. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. The faith of mom. The faith of mom. 
Um, in Alma 56, in the Book of Mormon, it tells about a story where the Lamanites, some that were converted, some that were not, um, there was a, a group of parents who had decided they would not pick up their weapons of war any longer. They thought, this, this isn't getting us where we need to go. And um, they were going to be attacked by the non-converted Lamanites. And instead, it says, their children picked up the weapons. What were those children's ages, brothers? What do you think? Very young. Their children picked up the weapons and said, we will defend them. And it says in the 47th verse of the 56th chapter of Alma, now these children had never fought, yet they did not fear death, and they did not think upon, the, and they did think more upon the liberty of their fathers than they did their own lives. For they had been taught, and as I understand it, this is the only scripture in the Book of Mormon that talks about mothers, I think. They had been taught by their mothers that if they did not doubt, can anybody finish it? God would deliver them. If they did not doubt, God would deliver them. Now, as I recall, the, the time that my mom exhibited that most was when my brother Jim, or as she called him, Jimmy, at 40 years old, passed away from cancer. As we got in the car to leave the hospital and we were going back to his house, crossing the line from University of Chicago Hospital into Indiana, as we got to the toll booth, my mother looked over and the tears were streaming down my cheeks and I could not speak because the ache in my stomach was so bad. And I had one of those automatic stick shifts and my mother put her hand on mine. And she said, honey, I said, yeah, mom. Don't question God. This is a woman who had just lost one of her kids. I was in awe. I was <coughs> struck dumb because I couldn't think of what to say. I should be consoling her. Instead, the faith of mine served. You know, sometimes we tend to think that all these spiritual experiences that we have are, are ours in the Church of Jesus Christ. There are faithful moms throughout the whole world. In India, in Vietnam, in China. There are faithful moms everywhere. I read a story about a faithful mom I'd like to share with you. This is a woman in North Carolina. She says, just after Christmas this past year, my husband and my daughter and I traveled uh, to Louisiana to celebrate Christmas with my sister, her family, and my mom. Apparently, her dad had passed away. It's a long drive from Charlotte, North Carolina to Louisiana, she says, but it was worth it, even with the toddlers crawling all over me for 12 hours. Can any mom relate to that? I remember one time we went to a conference. We had driven an hour from Aliquippa to Greensburg. Cameron was a little baby, and we got to Greensburg to the auditorium, and I thought, okay, thank God, because he cried on the way, and I don't do well with babies crying. And she's holding him, and it's winter, and she's got her winter coat on, and he gets sick right down the sleeves of her winter coat. And she said, hun, turn the car around. Let's go home. <laughs> what? 
We just drove an hour. We're here. Turn the car around. Let's go. Mothers are, besides their faith, they're just made out of some ingredients that I, I don't have the recipe to. And I'm sure many of you can relate to that. Well, this mother says they traveled all this way, and that evening, 16 of them piled into their mother's living room. Four generations listened to her read Luke's account describing the Savior's birth. And the interesting thing is she said it wasn't even Christmas Day. It was two days later. We didn't make it on Christmas Day. And as we finished reading, my mom, who they called Mimi, who was not only a mother and a grandmother, but a great-grandmother, spoke to the 16 of us and said, it is our responsibility as the older generation to tell the younger generation about, God has, about how God has shown his love for us through his death and resurrection. I want you to know that he has been faithful to me all these years. She was 83 years old. He has done everything for me that he said he would do. He's been faithful, and he always keeps his promises. Through the background noise, she says, you could hear the, the rowdy little ones anxious to open presents for several minutes as the 83-year-old just counted God's blessings in her life. See, because mom's faith was more important than the presence. Mom's faith was more important than everything. She told us that God loved each one of us uniquely, and then she encouraged us to face aging with joy. See, because that's what she was experiencing. Back in the kitchen this morning, Sister Pat says to me, Sister Betty, Sister Cindy, Sister Mary, how's your mom? I said, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. She's 95 and she's always been good-natured and laughing with a name like Suds. You have to be, right? And now she's, she's unhappy and she's worried and she's anxious. And my brother walks out to the garage. She starts crying. You left me. It happens. You know, old age happens. But she encouraged her children to face old age with joy. I don't want you to be afraid of getting old. It's some of the most beautiful times I've ever had, she says. God has been so sweet to me. As she finished, I thought, what a heritage I've been given. Lord, help me be faithful to pass this legacy on to my children. She said, my mom is the godliest woman I know. In fact, many people tell me, your mom is the godliest woman I know. But my mom's godliness is not due to her perfection. This woman says, she's a sinner saved by the grace of God with faults and failures like all of us. You know, sometimes we put people on pedestals and that's when you set yourself up for disappointment, whether it's your mom or anybody. I remember one time as we were growing up and we were rowdy boys, I remember as adults, after we were all married and out of the house, we're all home, we're in my mother's living room, our wives are sitting there, and we start wrestling. And my mother, as she did when we were kids, comes in and says, what are you boys doing? My furniture. You know, the plastic covered furniture? <laughs> my furniture, get this outside. And as we got up, I was the smaller of, of the four at that time, believe it or not. And I was on top. And I remember going through this, the glass door backwards, and I thought, oh my, if I get cut, I'm never going to be able to explain this. <laughs> Till this day, when my mother, when I visit my mother, she says, you know, ever since you boys broke that glass, 
I had to get that plexiglass. I'm so unhappy with it. She reminds me every time I visit her. That's what mothers do. They're faithful. This woman says, she has trusted God's offered remedy for all of her life. She has trusted God's offered remedy for all of her life. Remember what the mothers said to the boys who were fighting for their parents? Don't doubt God. Trust him. This woman says she has abandoned her life, her sins, and everything for him. My mom, my mom had no plan B in life. It was all God. As a mother, if you have no plan B and it's all God, you're good. If you remember the story of Ruth and Naomi, so Naomi has a husband and two sons and two daughter-in-laws, and her husband dies, and one by one her sons die, and she's left as a woman without a husband and without two sons, and she's got two daughter-in-laws. And so she says to them, you know, you might as well go back to where you came from. I have nothing here for you. I can't have any more kids for you to marry, so go home. And the one Ruth says, and I'm paraphrasing, whither thou goest, I will go. Thy God shall be my God. No plan B. Head first, all in. And that's the message I have, not for all of you today, to treat our mothers well, but that's the message I have for all of you mothers. All of life's answers are found in God and his son Jesus Christ. Raising children, sickness. How many times have you had a sick child and you said, Lord, I don't know what to do? I see heads going, yeah, I see hands going up. You know, there's a couple mothers that I've known over the years that impressed me beyond measure. One was Brother David Pandone's mother. She testified that her son Michael was so far away from God that it, she feared for his soul. And she said, the Lord prompted me fast and pray. And I don't know, I can't tell you what this formula was, but I think she fasted and prayed three days in a row every week. I think that's what I heard. Or not four weeks, not two months, four years. And all of a sudden, she began to see the hand of God weave himself through Michael's life to the point where he was um, a loner, he was in the things he shouldn't be, he had everything going against him to he became social, he left all the things that he shouldn't be in, and he gave his life to Christ. Today he's a minister in, in the, the Farmington Hills branch in Michigan. Other mothers, Sister Jean Gennaro, all four foot eight inches. Sister Jean Gennaro, Brother John Gennaro's mom, saw her son going the way of the world and said, Lord, I need you and I need you to save him. And I trust you that however you do it, I'll be okay with it. John testified when he came into the church that he had been in 28 automobile accidents. 
28th. Never hurt. And then he ended up in a motorcycle accident that almost took his life. I remember we were at the Canfield campout, and they called the camp and said, Sister Jean Gennaro's son, John, has been in a near-fatal motorcycle accident. They don't expect him to live. And the camp went into prayer. And when Sister Jean got the message, she said, Lord, I said I would trust you. And I'm going to be faithful to my word. Brother John testifies that all of his friends from the world would sneak him drugs into the hospital. He would hide the drugs in his casts. And then when nobody was looking, he'd try to take them. After about three weeks, those friends stopped coming. He said, but this old brother from the Cleveland branch, Brother Viscotti, would come and preach to me in Italian. And then Brother Corrado from Youngstown would come and anoint me. Brother Corrado had the gift of healing. And as Brother Corrado would come every week and anoint him, John began to, to be restored physically. Now, if you know John, all of his life, he had that limp on his one leg, and he limped when he limped. And I'd say, John, I wish that wasn't the case. He said, Ken, I'm like the Apostle Paul. This is my reminder. This is my reminder of who I was before the faith of my mom brought me to my knees. As mothers today, I want you to be faithful to your children. This woman ended up by saying, my mother said to me, it is my desire that you would accept Jesus Christ, but if you don't accept him, I'm going to love you just the same. That's a mother's love. It's not conditional. It's not built on, you do this, I'll do that. A lot of times mothers are criticized because people say they go overboard. Well, I'm not a mother. I don't know what it's like. You know, Friday night we, we visited uh, my uh, new grandson. I am smitten, if you, haven't, if you haven't noticed. I am smitten with Leo. I've been praying for a local grandchild for years. I never thought it would be this good. Never in my wildest dreams. When we walked into that house Friday night, Chelsea held him in such a way, I said, Chelsea, he's not even moving. He's just staring, looking at you. She said, yeah, he likes this position. Already in six weeks, the mother's instinct, he likes this position. As he's spitting up on, on me, uh, my wife's going, hon, don't hold them like that. They don't want to be held like that. I said, here, take them. You know, he's going to take them. We're just not built that way, are we, guys? There's something about a mother's faithfulness to her children that chokes me up. I would encourage you today to exude. In fact, I would encourage you, if there is such a word, I would encourage you to ooze with love for your children. That doesn't mean that you have to like everything they do. And it's okay if you let them know that you don't like everything they do. But let them know that despite what they do, what they say, you love them unconditionally. Wednesday night we had a beautiful service. Brother Austin felt inspired that we would each say a praise report that we had and a prayer request that we had. And one of our mothers said, my prayer request will always be for my one child. 
And I felt so blessed because I thought that's the faithfulness of a mother. A mother never gives up. A mother loves unconditionally. A mother knows when to talk and when to what? Be silent. I was going to say shut up. <laughs> I would encourage you today, love your mother today. It was funny. Sharon said, they're having a potluck today. What are you going to cook? I've never cooked a thing in 65 years of life. I said, I I'll run to McDonald's for you. <laughs> and I'll take you to lunch. Love your mother today. She's the one and only faithful person that you will ever come across in this life. May God bless you is my prayer. So certainly enjoyed uh, the words of our brother today. And um, like him on Wednesday night, I, I was uh, equally as impressed um, as that request came forward. And I, and I was thinking about, obviously, as we were heading into Mother's Day, about that request of a mother whose care is their child, who is you know, not found in the ways of the Lord. We'll just leave it at that. And. Um, thinking about that and then thinking about my own life. And this week, um, in, as we uh, prepared even this morning for this uh, uh, breakfast and um, plans for later and, and all these things, they, they just weigh up on my heart. Because, um, you know, I was thinking about my own mother and Brother Ken shared about his mom, Suds, and my mom didn't really have any funny nicknames. She just, <laughs> she just got to be Bonnie um, with, with a Y. I guess that was kind of the unusual thing for my mom. It was Bonnie with a Y instead of an IE. And so that was kind of the thing maybe that stood out for, for a lot of people. But um, <clears throat> thinking about, even as what Brother Ken said, in, in her faithfulness unto us, her five children, and continuing in that love and that dedication unto us. And uh, I have opportunity to know many of you growing up here in the valley, and, and uh, a lot of you, we grew up together, um, and we continue to grow up together. It's uh, still growing up in a lot of ways in my mind and my childish ways sometimes don't seem to go away too fast. But um, I, I look upon you, and I look at your mothers, and I think about their faithfulness and their love towards you. And I know that they're honored that you come on Mother's Day and spend time with them. And <clears throat> I think about the example of my mother. My, uh, Brother Ken shared his first, his first memory, of, or maybe his, his longest memory of his mother. And I'm not sure what that is for me and my mother. Um, but this is what I remember. She was the first woman to ever love me. And she kind of followed me. Um, you know, we give Wyatt a hard time because Nicole went to the, she was at the elementary school with, with some of the kids while he was there, and then he moved to the junior high, and lo and behold, Nicole moved right with him. And, uh, you know, he, he got to experience that. Well, my mom kind of did the same thing, not so much in the younger years, but she was at my high school when I was at high school. And I used to do some 
pretty silly stuff in high school and, you know, um, not to get into all of it, but it, she was always there. And I always felt like I could just kind of go tell her, well, mom, this is what I did, or this is the class that I haven't been turning my homework in and I'm about, uh, about ready to fail the class and you know, there's like two weeks left in the semester. And trying to figure out how am I not gonna fail this class. Um, <clears throat> my mom used to type papers for me. I, I don't know why she did that. She was, a, she was a fast typer and always was. And so she would, I would write it all out and as I'm finishing the paper, she's on the computer typing it up for me. Those were things that she used to do. And one of the things I always remember was just when I wasn't feeling well, which, you know, in some periods of my life, especially before I had my tonsils taken out, and ironically, my tonsils taken out. <laughs> um, uh, I, I used to get sick and I'd have ear infections and I had trouble hearing and all that kind of stuff, and those things affected me. And I remember laying on the couch and always just wanting to lay on my mom's lap, my head, and then just sit there and lay there. And I, I don't know why, I guess nostalgia, whatever, thinking about Mother's Day, that's what I was thinking about this week. And it just took me back to that thought that she was the first woman to ever love me. And as for what Brother Ken said, it, 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 it is so important that we show love to our children, those that are biological to us, those we have some in our congregation that are adopted, some that um, are our spiritual children that we mentor and we try and shape and mold and, and point them to Jesus Christ and how important it is for us to love them and to continue to love them, even when they do those things that maybe we don't agree with or we don't like particularly well. And it, it's easy for us to stand up here and say that today, but when we put those things into practice, that's when it impresses upon people. And that's when I feel like it pleases the Lord. And so as I was thinking about my mom and, and as her being the first woman to ever love me, and certainly I grew up with a lot of you in this branch and I remember spiritually, you were my, my mother's, um, when you would talk to me and, and you know just show love towards me. And it wasn't anything that I had done. You were the family of God. And so you were showing your love to me as one of your children in God's church. And I was thinking about my own wife today and the mother that she is to our children. And I just want to say to my mom today, thank you for setting the bar so high. Because I found a woman who loved me as much, if not more, than my mother. And in doing so, my children have the blessings and the privilege of being loved by a woman who loves them. And they struggle, they make poor decisions, they make goof-ups, all that kind of stuff. But they're kids and they're going to continue to do that. But she's never going to stop loving. And it's an example to me as a father because I'm, you know, I'm a lot more like my dad. I'm just uh, quick to anger and, oh, I can't believe they would do that. How did they do this? You know, and I just get frustrated, you know. And, uh, and we can't, we're kind of good in that we balance each other out in that because sometimes she does that. 
Um, I, I don't know what it is with a, a, a mom and her son, but she tends to maybe lean a little, be a more, little more lenient with her son. Now, Wyatt's our youngest, too, so um, that might be part of it, too. But, um, and so we balance each other out. And in doing this and in saying this today and, and hearing what Brother Ken said about how important it is for us to love, and I was thinking about, as he referenced in that story, um, Mary and her calling as the mother of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think about that when the angel came to her to proclaim this miraculous thing that was going to take place that was a benefit to each of us who sit in this room, whether we think about it or not. Um, he was about... He was about to announce something that was going to change her life forever. And change our lives forever. And, you know, I think even she questions the angel when he, when he proclaims this to her. Like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Just a servant here. And the angel proclaims to her. Thou art highly favored of the Lord. And so, as Brother Ken maybe exclaimed and, and proclaimed that to our mothers today, that they need to love unconditionally and be that, I want all of us to recognize today that you are highly favored of the Lord. Amen. When he proclaimed that to Mary, and yes, she had a very specific and special role to play as the earthly mother of the Son of God, and I would say I think she did the best that she could. I think she loved him unconditionally. We see that when he was hanging upon the cross of Calvary. His mother was there. The disciples, his followers, had, most had departed. John was there. But most of them ran away and were hiding or just maybe viewing from afar. But his mother was there. Mothers, set the bar high. Help your children to see the love that they need to find in their life, whether it's a spouse or just friends or whatever it is. And also demonstrate that love that they might in turn learn how to love when they have children. Learn how to reach out. And like Brother Ken said, we, we have some in our congregation, and he's, he rehearsed some of the ones, who have struggled with their mother-child uh, relationship. And, and those things are going to happen. And all I'll say for that today is, if that is maybe the situation that you find yourself in, then reach out to a loving Savior, Jesus Christ, and his church, the nursing mothers and fathers that you can find here, to find strength and love in your life. Because we all should be striving to be better than even our parents were. Yeah, my mom set the bar high. But you know what? Christ set the bar that we need to follow. And his love was unconditional all the way to that cross. And past the cross, into the grave, and up from the grave he arose. That we might have life and have it more abundantly.
So may God bless you today. I, I pray to our mothers, I pray that God will bless you. And you know what? Maybe you think, wow, maybe I didn't do as much as I could. Or fathers either sitting here or, or children. And we all have the opportunity to take a message like this and receive parts of it and say, you know what? I, I might not be a mother. I might not have this. I might not be this. Internalize it and say, you know what? But I can love better. I can be a better friend to my friends. And it doesn't have to be um, superficial. It, it, it's allow it to be a deep love. Just as the love of the mothers in teaching their children that they might even defend them in battle, as was read in the, in the Book of Mormon, um, that it might change lives. Because that's what's so important, that we would be an example of Christ and his love to this world that is so desperate for love. May God bless you today as my friend.